This is the Magellan Circle Journal, a podcast series here to help you navigate through EU opportunities. We remove the noise around current EU issues on different topics, such as transport and environment, each time through the perspective of a different expert. In this episode, we speak to Tasos Kiriakides, Assistant Professor at Yale School of Public Health with long expertise in medical research and public health. Last December, the Olive Oil Symposium was held in Portugal and organized by Yale. We chat with Tassos about the School of Public Health, the Mediterranean diet, and what to expect from this year's conference edition. Hello, good morning, Tassos, and thank you for joining us in our podcast series. Um, can you please, to begin, briefly present yourself as well as the Yale School of Public Health? Good morning, and thank you for, for hosting me. My name is Tassos Kiriakidis. I'm faculty at the Yale School of Public Health, and i um, um, glad to be here and chat about one of the initiatives we've been working on since 2018, officially. Okay, and can you present the Yale School of Public Health a little bit? Tell us more what it is about and how did it become as a school? Yes, the, the Yale School of Public Health actually is the oldest school of public health in the United States, dating back to the early 1910-1915. And it started as a department of the Yale School of Medicine, but it has become an independent school. And officially, with a new dean coming in this year, we're launching our independence as a professional school on campus. And it it is a place where a lot of high impact and work is being done, both in research, education, and engaging communities that will be affected by and, and from public health measures for the prevention of disease, as well as the uh, uh, treatment of, of conditions uh, that... Uh, have impact on uh, human health. Mm-hmm. And can you maybe tell us briefly what are the main programs uh, of the school and the, the key topics that you are dealing with? Yes, uh, as a school, we have a lot of departments, uh, starting from uh, the Department of Microbial Diseases, Infectious Diseases, um, Chronic Diseases. Um, uh, there's a, a whole department on environmental health, um, uh, exposures to various things in the environment, physical environment that have impact on, on human health. We have uh, the Department of Behavioral and Social Sciences. We have um, Department of Biostatistics that deals with uh, the design of, of studies and the analysis of data. But all these combine to, to make the School of Public Health. And at the same time, even though the departments are independent within the school to carry out their mission and their research and education objectives, there's a lot of cross-collaboration between individuals from, from the various departments. In addition, we have partnerships with pretty much every professional school on campus, the business school, the school of, of music, school of medicine, obviously, school of nursing, because there's a lot of, of work that uh, is cross-disciplinary. If we think about health, it's everybody's uh, interest, uh, whether you're the School of Nursing or the, the School of Music, uh, School of Art. How do you uh, introduce, for example, the idea of art uh, and music in, in somebody's uh, uh, thinking about their own health? We know that there's positive impact on, on the arts, on health. So we have programs with that school to, to sort of um, identify a lot of those components and present them as as ways of people to consider incorporating in their daily life so it helps uh, with their overall health. Mm-hmm. 
And that's very interesting. And if I'm not mistaken, you're also focusing a lot on the Mediterranean diet. So I wanted to ask, where did this interest come from? And how do you see it linked with Farm to Fork and similar initiatives of the European Green Deal? Do you have direct connections with it? Yeah, that's a good uh, question. And and for me, it's sort of uh, a twofold approach. Uh, obviously, born and raised in the Mediterranean on the island of Cyprus, I came to the United States to study and I stayed since. So for me, Mediterranean diet, Mediterranean nutrition way of living was part of what I grew up with. So coming to a university like Yale, it was an obvious direction that I was going to take some of my professional interest to towards. And again, as a school of public health, my take is that we should uh, also start looking at nutrition as a prevention. And we have all this evidence for the last six decades on why and how the Mediterranean diet has an, a positive impact on pretty much every aspect of human health. So in mm -hmm. thinking about that, I thought, what can we do in in a, on a campus like the Yale University campus with all its schools? How can we incorporate these ideas and, and link them to, to people working, living, and people also outside the university to uh, pass on this idea that we have so much evidence to show that this kind of, oh, this way of life, this way of eating is, is good for you. And we just happen to, to, to be an, in a, at a university where um, the dining facilities, the, uh, at the colleges, at the residential halls, the menu that is presented to students and, and people who work on the university is 60% plant-based, which means it's as close as it can get to a Mediterranean diet. So from that, we utilize that to educate uh, and expose students, faculty, and, and personnel on campus to this way of, of life. Obviously, that is not in vacuum. We can do things here uh, with food that we, we source that uh, is under that umbrella of the Mediterranean diet concept. But obviously, we have to rely on farms. Uh, no farms, no good food. I mean, it's pretty clear. Mm -hmm. So a lot of uh, the thinking is how do we link that to make that immediate connection? And we have examples on our university how we're doing that. Uh, the university has its own little farm. So whatever it produces seasonal, it gets incorporated into the, into the, the menus. But we have surrounding farms that we work with and we source stuff as needed uh, to, to execute particular items on a menu on a regular basis. So um, mm -hmm. even though we're a small piece of the puzzle, we try to do that, that idea of farm to fork. And obviously, you know, partnering through this initiative that we started and, and even before partnering with entities in the European Union, whether it's in Greece or, or, or Italy or Spain and Portugal more recently, how do we sort of incorporate those concepts in, in, in initiatives under the, the European Green Deal, which I think Europe is leading the way compared to the US. We have a, uh, we're behind in, in appreciating the value of, of that concept. It's starting to get traction now. And I think the pandemic sort of helped because people took a step back and realized uh, a healthy approach to living might have to incorporate uh, this farm to fork, look at your neighborhood, look at the, the farms that you have around you, uh, buy seasonal product produce and don't buy things off the shelf, especially if you don't know where they came from. So that's slowly getting traction, but I think Europe is way ahead and they put a lot of money behind it with this European Green Deal and a lot of the initiatives in the European Union that we're trying to participate because we provide sort of a different perspective coming from a country that is a little bit behind those concepts. 
So you mentioned partnering with some other European countries like Portugal. So the last Olive Oil Symposium held its fifth edition in Portugal this December, which also means that this event, this conference is quite recent. How did you come about this event in the first place and who is in the organization? So back in 2018, after a few years of thinking, how do we put this together in, in sort of an initiative, an idea to move forward? In 2018, we invited uh, people that I met over the years with, with my colleague, Vasilis Vasiliou, who is the uh, chair of the Department of Environmental Health Sciences. We brought together people from the olive oil sector, both researchers, academics, educators, nutritionists, physicians, uh, producers, organizations that worked in the space of olive oil from all over the world. And we had a, a one-day symposium on the campus at the School of Public Health. And from that, we realized that it, it's there was a lot of interest for us as a School of Public Health to, to help move some of these ideas forward, obviously learning from the experience of, of the Europeans, primarily the Mediterranean countries that have moved this a lot further than we're here in terms of the olive oil sector and, and sort of the, the idea of incorporating that as the only fat in your, in your diet. So from that, we thought, okay, let's think of one event every year that uh, will be hosted in, in a country that has done work in this area. And then we bring people together to sort of discuss what is the current topic? What is, the, what is happening now in terms of research, education, in, in, in that area, olive oil, the olive tree and its products. So what happens, you know, once we announced that there was interest, obviously, from a lot of countries, we had the second one in Greece, the third one was in Spain, we had we had to push it a year because of the pandemic. And then the one uh, last year was in Rome. And every year, uh, we, we sort of solicit or people come to us and say, can we host it? And Portugal at the at the symposium in Spain volunteered. They were interested in, in, in hosting it. So we went, we were in, in Portugal um, mm -hmm. about a month ago for the fifth symposium. So the organ, usually what, all the, the, the idea behind this is we have to partner with a local entity, uh, whether it's a university or an organization. In the case of Portugal, it was BLC3. Uh, an amazing organization that promotes ideas of sustainability and development in the context of agriculture. Amazing work that they've done in their years of existence. And we saw the opportunity to, to think of how do we incorporate some of the ideas, circular economy, bioeconomy systems that that talk about and, and have impact on sustainable agriculture in the context of the olive tree agriculture. And a lot of already Partnerships and, and discussions are, are starting already during the, the symposium and after on what projects can people be involved, both from the U.S. and, and, and Europe. So it, it's the, the objective of these things is to, to get people together and talk about what's happening now. How can we move this forward? And it's it's all, so far, it's been a big success in bringing people together and coming up with ideas and partnerships under this umbrella of the symposium. Mm -hmm. And so in this last edition in the agenda in, in Portugal, we can see the word planetary appearing a few times, for example, from Mediterranean to planetarian diet, human and planetary health. Can you specify what planetary means in this context? So it's becoming clear that in this climate crisis that we're in the last few years, the olive agriculture has a main role in it. And it's, uh, data is constantly coming out on the impact of a sustainable model of agriculture that incorporates the olive tree. 
whether it's um, the tree serving as a carbon sink, absorbing about 10, 11 kilograms of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, putting it in the soil, to being an evergreen, very little need for water once the trees mature. So how do you incorporate that to have a positive impact in addition to the human health, to the planetary health? And, and data is coming out constantly, and we're trying to build on that and see what projects we can do to show even more, to accumulate more evidence that this is a way forward using this tree as a sort of a central theme in a sustainable model that will have impact on, on the planetary health. Mm -hmm. And what are the plans for the next Olive Oil Symposium in 2024? Uh, what are going to be the hot topics? So the um, the next symposium, uh, we've announced it at the end of the Portugal sy Symposium. Um, it's going to be December 1st to 5th in uh, Crete. Uh, and the town of Iraklion is hosting it. Uh, and it coincided with Iraklion. Actually, this year, they got the UNESCO City of Gastronomy. We went this past May in 2023, we had the first gastronomy and culture symposium co-hosted by school, Yale School of Public Health and the city of Heraklion to sort of expose this idea that gastronomy and culture go together in, in making for a healthy lifestyle, healthy uh, nutrition, and Crete obviously being one of the first places that the Mediterranean diet, if not the, the birthplace of the Mediterranean diet, uh, it was a perfect venue. So following up on that, the symposium next year, uh, like I said, December 1st to 5th is going to happen on Heraklion in Crete. And the topics are, you know, again, uh, we always have a sort of a section on nutrition and, and the impact on health, what's current, what's the new literature, what's the new evidence. And there's a lot of information now on, on brain health that we've seen a lot of evidence that olive oil has a positive impact on, on uh, conditions that are uh, related to brain uh, function. So that's all that's going to be part of that. O obviously, sustainability and how do we move forward those ideas is also going to be a hot topic. The front of package labeling, the Nutri-Score, even though there's been some improvement in categorizing olive oil to a B category now from a C, we still have a long ways to go. So we always put that out there and invite people to help us think through what do we do? What do we write? Who do we write to in order to, as a symposium, present some positions that hopefully olive oil will be viewed in a different light under the Nutri-Score or whatever the front of package label decision will be at the EU level. The other thing that just came up as we're actually meeting in Portugal, the WHO released new guidelines for limiting the proportion of calories that should be coming from fat down to 30%, which if we look back historically, the any Mediterranean diet paradigm has that amount to about 40% because it's coming from olive oil. So this is a big negative for olive oil and the Mediterranean diet in general. So we're, we already put out a, a position uh, statement from the organizers of the symposium with the evidence to support that this should be revisited because it's not helping the idea of promoting a very healthy uh, nutrition uh, paradigm like the Mediterranean diet, which by the way, in the US last week, for the seventh year in a row, US News reported that is the number one diet overall. So here we are trying to promote it. And, and here we have an international um, organization that's basically indirectly saying, yeah, you should limit the amount of calories from fat. If we do that, the Mediterranean diet is going to suffer because it relies on 40% of its calorie intake is from olive oil. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, you answered already a bit my my last question, which would be about how do you see the future of the school and the future of the Mediterranean diet, if there is something else you want to add? Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing I'm going to add, like I said, within our university, we have uh, our own community. Obviously, we we can do a lot of things and it's been widely accepted and, and uh, people love this kind of eating uh, and they're exposed to this through our literacy program, through the menus. Uh, just to give you an example, the average consumption of olive oil in the United States is about one liter per person per year compared to 10, 12 in Spain and, and Italy mm -hmm. and 20 over 20 liters per person per year in, in Greece. When we started with a, a strategic plan on how to incorporate these ideas into our community here at the university, about six years ago, when we looked at some numbers, we were about that average, one liter, actually 0.98 liters per person per year, if you look at all the food that's served within the university. Right now, that number is 6.5 liters per person per year. And which is a huge jump. And the reason that we're able to do that is because we, we thought of how do we change the menus to allow for a healthier way of, of eating and living on campus. Plant-based menus means your veggies are going to need a lot of olive oil. Everything we do uh, incorporates olive oil. The question mm -hmm. is, and the challenge for us, both as, in, as individuals involved in this, but also as a school of public health, how do we take that and take it out to the community? It's okay to have it within a university. It's a different demographic. How do we bring it out to the community? So the next step, and we're trying to work some, some projects where we bring it to the community in the town, in the city of New Haven, in the school systems. Younger kids have to learn early on, this is a healthier way of living, which means it's also tastier, by the way. So start incorporating those in nutrition programs at, at a different level that engages more uh, a broader base in, in, in the community at large, whether it's our local community, our state, our, uh, our country in general. So the, the next or one of the next steps that we're trying to, to see, how do we incorporate those outside of our academic walls to, to spread this word out? And symposia like this obviously help us because we see what other people have done in other countries, how they've done that. How do they bring that to younger populations? How do they bring that to people outside of uh, research and education within an academic institution? That was very interesting, Tassos, and thank you so much again for joining us uh, in this podcast, and uh, I hope some of our team will be able to attend uh, the next Oliver Symposium next December. Thank you for hosting me again. If you like this podcast and want to know more about Magellan Circle, visit our website at www.magellancircle.eu.